This week's episode of Legends of Gotham is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download at audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Over 100,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle, or MP3 player. Again, that link is audibletrial.com slash Gotham. Stay cool now, Ivy. I am cool. Why are you telling me that? Why are you telling me what to do? I'm not. I'm just saying I don't want you to get mad at him. He's a friend. Why would I get mad at him? It's not his fault, is it? Did you kill my father? Did you make my mother cut her wrist? No. Somebody did. Somebody did, but not him. Screw you, Orphan. Who employs butlers anymore? Welcome to Legends of Gotham, where we talk about Fox's hit series, Gotham, set in the world of Batman. I'm Bill Meeks. And I'm Anne-Marie Simone. And we're here for the mid-season finale, fall finale, extravaganza, palooza. Well, if I known it was an extravaganza, I'd have brought glitter. Extravaganza palooza. Oh, well, then I need some something that sparkles. We were kind of intending for this episode to be sort of like a mid-season wrap-up episode, too, but not enough people sent stuff in. Yeah, nobody. Unfortunately, the 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 uh, Gothamites are not so good at the sending in the feedback. Yeah, we need we really need some <laughs> feedback, people. Now I'm, I'm going to put it out there to our listeners. I uh, we know is, you're out there. This is completely on you. If you want an episode, uh, Amory's pointing at the camera. I'm pointing at you. Uh, that uh, we use to record the uh, podcast live every Wednesday night at eight thirty p.m. EST. Where are you? Uh, <laughs> But I no, uh what if you want an episode before we come back with a big uh podcasters round table thing right before the season starts up, Woo-hoo. you need to send in feedback about the half season. And what we'll do is uh, generally what we do, it's called a spoiler party where we go over any news and stuff that's come out about the show and we'll do all of your feedback, but we need you to send that in. We'll give you the contact information at the end of the show, or you can just go to legendsofgotham.com and click contact up at the top. Nope. Uh, but I guess we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do what we uh, normally do and we'll talk about <laughs> this week's uh, new episode of Gotham. So, Amory, why don't you go ahead and take it away with the uh, rhyming, riddling episode rhyming, summary. Riddling summary. Who lets two children run loose in the city? Someone who trusts the rich kid with the kitty. Who taught Alfred how to subdue? At least we can trust he'll always come through. Where's Mr. Lovecraft? Not home, it seems. Could the intel he has topple hooting regimes? Will Dent's mistake be exposed or will Jim get the shaft out from the mansion in this week's Lovecraft? Lovecraft. 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 It's the Lovecraft. So what do you think overall? I got me a Lovecraft. (laughs) It's it's about 20. (laughs) So come on and bring your Bruce Wayne money. (laughs) The Lovecraft is a little old guy who gets killed in, in the this episode in the bathtub <laughs> what do you think of this week's episode <laughs> overall now that we've sung lo- saying a uh, love crap <laughs> it was good <laughs> it was good it was really good mm-hmm. now that we've lost all of our listeners <laughs> no that's fine we still we have as many as we did a moment ago what? which is zero zero all right, they, I'll hide all, that. They're all, all drinking. That. I actually like watching that part. Yeah, we are recording this uh, the night before Thanksgiving. Which Thanksgiving means everyone's out Eves. drinking. Yeah. <laughs> Let's just be honest. They're drinking. But you like the episode over I like the episode. Sorry. Back on Back on topic. Back on topic. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a good episode. Lots of mm-hmm. lots of things happened. It was nice to finally see young Master Bruce, um, mm-hmm. you know, 
go into the city and yeah. all that and get to see a little bit more of Selena's world. Mm, definitely, definitely. I And I, I really liked it too. I figure uh, what we'll do is we'll start out with a – and I, I think Anne-Marie uh, disagrees with me on this. I, I'll uh, see what everyone else thinks. OK. You guys remember a few weeks back when Selena broke into uh, Wayne Manor, she stole that little silver box. Yes. In this week's episode – and I'll pull it up here over on my screen for – the video viewers, we get to see the the little box here. And at first I thought and, – and this is something I still want to talk about just because I think it still might be relevant. Uh, but it looked like owl wings to me almost. No. almost it looked almost like an owl. No. And Amory disagrees. No. I highly disagree. What do you think it is? Um, that I'm not completely sure mm. about, but it is definitely not an owl. There is no – there's no hooties there. Yeah. Well, luckily I, I went ahead and I dug this up. I, it, it turns out it's not an owl. It is a – and I'll put it over here too – a symbol for Isis, uh, the Egyptian goddess. Uh, like this hmm. – well, the Isis symbol has the snakes going, which this one isn't – Quite snakes, but it's as close as it can get without yeah, being it. It's almost like if it's not the actual symbol, then it's probably like influenced by or something like Heavily, that. Yeah. But uh, the, the reason I th- the owl thing kind of keyed into me, uh, you know, You're owl. Gonna bust out my don't break my owl. I <laughs> know, uh, but because I uh, and we talked about this in a few other episodes. There's a an organization in the comics uh, called the Court of Owls. They're kind of a secret society within Gotham, and I I, I was gonna try and fumble together a sort of description for everyone if you don't know who they are. But uh, then I saw this little rhyme from the actual comics that I thought out, thought would work out well. Uh, Amory, you want to read this since you read rhymes oh, all the time? Oh, thanks for springing that one on me. Okay. <laughs> I'd, have re- I'd have tried it first. Yeah, but this is a Scott Snyder's uh, like rhyming description of the Court of Owls. All right. Beware the Court of Owls that, that watches all the time, rolling Gotham from a shadowed perch behind granite and lime. They watch you at your hearth. They watch you in your bed. Speak not a whispered word about them or they'll send the talon for your head. The talon for your head. Now, the talons are hired assassins uh, for the Court of Owls. Which is – oh, well, that sort mm. of goes with my next thing then. Excellent. Perfect. Uh, but I, the, the, another reason why even if that silver box that Selena had, which seems like it's going to be important, right? Um, That's totally important. Like at first I was thinking, oh, they just uh, – you know, they kind of closed the loop from showing her us her take that box in the previous episode mm-hmm. and this is closing the loop. But then once I realized the symbol, mm-hmm. I was like, no, this is going to be something that plays out for oh, a lot longer. But uh, someone uh, – Lovecraft actually – uh, Mr. Lovecraft in this week's episode uh, was talking right before uh, the assassin uh, came in and uh, killed him and everything about uh, you know, something – a bigger organization like laughing at Jim and his actions and his big crusade and everything referred to as a big wheel. And that's exactly the same kind of thing mm-hmm. uh, that the, the Court of Owls is basically. There's a, another a organization uh, that is kind of like that kind of uh, – Watching over the scenes, like playing mm-hmm. playing a twelfth dimensional chess with Gotham City, and that's the League of Assassins, mm. uh, which uh, you know in this week's villain, uh, Freak of the Week, could be working for either organization. But you wanted to talk a little bit about yeah, that, that was right? actually my my mm-hmm. first point is who the heck is behind the contract because it had to be a pretty pricey contract mm-hmm. for Lovecraft. Yeah, Selena Joe Schmo off the street would go after her, mm-hmm. but. Lovecraft is like big name and how does he not have private security around him at all times? Like 
he walked into the DA's office with like seven people mm-hmm. and there he is hiding in his apartment by himself. <laughs> I don't know. That seemed a little weird to me, but mm-hmm. it had to be a pretty pricey. Yeah, well, it's definitely – it has to be connected to whoever the big wheel is. Right. He was oh, obviously. To. Obviously. Which he knows who it mm-hmm. is, but we didn't get that far. And I, I kind of get the impression uh, – well, actually, uh, you had the, the same point that I was about to bring up mm-hmm. here too. Uh, go, go ahead the, on the, See? Yeah, see. Yeah. I think it's the mayor. Yeah. Like I, I, I think he's definitely involved, uh, not just from his actions in over the course of the past several episodes, mm-hmm. but ju- just like uh, various things we've seen, like that episode where um, the or what what was the episode with the guy with the thing that took out people's eyes? Oh, uh, you, I don't know, but you know let's the go one with I'm it. Yes. About, uh, the little umbrella yeah. thing. Uh, but uh, when they when he went to kill the mayor, mm-hmm. uh, he had that like chapel set up in the back of his house and everything, mm-hmm. which feels very secret society, very you know. Well, they just had a pr- they had just had a press conference there earlier in the episode. Mm-hmm. So it's used for government things as well. Yeah, but well, why well, they had out on the steps of his house, right? No, that wasn't on the steps. That was in that room. We talked about it during that episode. Okay, okay. With all the chairs, that's oh, okay. where they had the press conference. Mm-hmm. Both. One or both of the Arkham press conferences. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's that. Yeah, but the, ma- the mayor has to be involved somehow, though. Yes. Like, Absolutely. Uh, and um, he seemed really, really quick to throw suicide mm-hmm. as giving that as an excuse. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, instead of you know saying, well, there was a contract killer out for the guy's head. Well, at the same time, I think he was, he's been very slow to do anything. Uh, Bring negative repercussions to Jim Gordon. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought uh, his actions in this episode, you know, condemning Gordon to Arkham and everything, were probably overdue, if anything. Yeah. Uh, but uh, let's see here. Okay. Um. Well, you know, uh, we've been talking this entire season about Fish Mooney yes. and about how, yeah, she's probably not going to make it through the season. She's yeah. probably completely doomed. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, that's who Penguin is going to have to kill in order to, uh, make any you know, major progress. Yeah, uh, to get his power in Gotham and everything. But this episode got me thinking, maybe she isn't. I'm kind of seeing a pathway anyway right now for a redemption arc for Fish. And it's through uh, probably the the highlight of the episode. Yes, uh, Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, as we all know, uh, Alfred was very big pimpin in this episode when it came to fish. <laughs> well, I mean, just in general, like the gunplay, all, everything. Uh, get, pinning Butch with a knife to his throat was pretty mm-hmm. impressive to me, since Butch is massive. Uh, just uh, you know, just completely talking his way into the Gordon position on the Bullock <laughs> Gordon team. Yeah, uh, but he 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 was uh, big and brash and beautiful the entire episode. But he he in particular, uh, he he was very chatty with Fish. Not just in the scene, the very obvious scene where he's like, "Come on, you you, yeah, it's for the greater good. You can do this, right?" And uh, you, uh, what was it? I forget how he referred to her. Uh, seemed like high class or something like yeah. that. But even like in the background scene, uh, when when Bullock calls Gordon, mm. you see you see Alfred chatting Fish up again, like in the oh, background. I didn't notice that. Yeah, while while Harvey's talking to Jim ah. on the phone, you see Alfred ch- talking her up. So crazy theory. Yeah, Alfred will be Fish Mooney's salvation. I still don't buy. It. Uh, you know they they start talking now, and eventually they'll start dating. And then when things start to go down. Alfred will not only redeem Fish and find a way to bring her out of it, but he'll uh, he'll find a way to save her from the penguin. Yeah, no. The reason no. the the only reason 
I think this is a really strong possibility. Besides the fact I think it would be cool to see, like, even just, like, a little arc where they go out on a couple dates or she comes over to the mansion for dinner or something. She ain't coming in that mansion. She actually – I know for a fact she is because I've seen Jada tweet (sighs) that she shot something at the mansion. Uh, but this always happens to me i don't follow things as well as he does <laughs> but uh, anyway i think if nothing else I, I think that would be a really good template for bruce as far as how his his and uh, catwoman or selena's relationship is when they become adults and he sort of he becomes her redeemer her, her redeemer her savior he kind of brings her over to the side of the angels when she's uh y- you know doing the wrong things for the right reasons uh mm-hmm. you know early on in her catwoman career Mm -hmm. so i think if nothing else it it would be you know we see a lot of uh a lot of the situations in the show are modeling for bruce his behaviors as batman and i'm thinking if they play that note those notes with uh alfred and fish Mm -hmm. that it's going to be as a model or or an example for bruce uh moving forward and i think if nothing else it's safe to say that fish mooney definitely is kind of into this whole alfred thing well that's because somebody stood up to her Mm mm-hmm so that immediately like turns her on well yeah (laughs) yeah but in the way he did it Mm -hmm. he didn't you know he wasn't rude or condescending to her he was just like you need to do this he buttered her up yeah compliment (laughs) but uh, yeah just a little uh theory if it turns out to be right it turns out to be right i just thought it was interesting you're really good at predicting theories So it has to happen. So now. it's going to happen. This is the season finale. Is you know, Fish and Alfred going out for spaghetti or something? Season two of Gotham, Fish and Alfred. Uh, they'll be Fish like the, that old show, The Avengers, the or something. That we, with the British guy and the the woman in the cat suit fighting crime. Yeah, it's, it's an old show. It's yeah, an old show. Yeah, I'm not old. Um, okay, so what the heck was Alfred's life before he worked <laughs> for the Waynes? Mm-hmm. Because um, you don't just do what he did yeah he worked at mcdonald's actually <laughs> I shaking the fries shaking the fries smacking them in shaking the fries <laughs> i don't know it just seemed pretty like crazy mm-hmm. but he also wasn't exactly um covert or anything yeah because <clears throat> bruce <laughs> everywhere Alfred, I, well, anywhere he walks bruce <laughs> That that could be (laughs) Alfred's catchphrase, and I wrote the other one down. Uh, Oh, what is it? I'm a butler, or I'm a butler mate. Butler mate. Yeah, I'm a butler. (laughs) Exactly. That could. But uh, his uh, in the comics, there's a few different uh, approaches to it. It basically all of them boil down to he was a secret agent of some type. Obviously, and uh, he's also British. So. And his father, uh, in a lot of versions, his father or you know uh, an elderly relative uh, were, was the f- former butler for the Wangs. And then when they died, he gave up his life of spying or whatever to come to live with the Wangs. Interesting. Well, his father was Doctor Who. So. Yeah. <laughs> Doctor Who was the Wangs butler. <laughs> <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Very true. Very true. Yeah, but that so. that's kind of his background, so that's why, you know, he knows how to handle himself with ruffians and ruffians, shoot yes. a gun and whatnot and yell Bruce, Bruce while standing there, which is the most effective thing you can do in that of situation. Course. Run that, around, look panic. Well that's how the cops knew to came, because he yelled Bruce and they heard him all the way in <laughs> Gotham City. So <laughs> <laughs> It'll be very good. Okay, well, we'll, we'll get back into our main discussion. Oh, 
No, no, go ahead. Okay, uh, we'll get back into our main discussion here in just a moment. But first, it is time to talk very slowly until we can. Look at this joker. Look at this joker. Look at this joker. See, and of course, Everybody you don't even have the camera on me, and I'm dancing this time. You look at this joker. Imagine her dancing. I'm look sorry. at this joker. Yeah. Woo. Every week, we like to take a look at the uh, (laughs) clues, uh, references, uh, and possible candidates uh, for Joker in Gotham. And as you see, we've been doing it since Season 1, Episode 1, The Pilot. And some of them are really strong. Some of them are less so. Last week, I think we solved the Wayne murder with this page that you can find at legendsofgotham.com. And this week, it was kind of weak, but I, I went ahead and put it. Okay, uh, the suspect for this week is Clyde the Fence. You remember uh, Selena's fence, mm-hmm. a cat's fence, cat girl's fence. Meow. And uh, Clyde the, the Fence was a pretty jovi- jovial fellow, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, plus, did you notice that his henchman's jacket had a Harley Quinn-esque figure screen printed on the back? Now, let me... I did not. Let me zoom in here so you can see it a little better on the video feed. But yeah, that looks kind of a bit Harley Quinn-esque, right? That... that, that uh, that girl on the back there, mm-hmm. and they all had the same one. So I'm thinking, you know, I, it could very uh, poss- possibly be, you know, prototypical Joker's hen- henchman or something. Mm-hmm. But you know, Joker or not, I really hope we get to see Clyde again because yeah, was, he was pretty cool. He he was a really fun character, and like he didn't want to turn in Cat. He mm-hmm. was only turning her in for the money, which I think it's weird that they paid him off. To get to her when everybody else they just knocked out. Well, if he's a fence, that's that's his main concern, right? His money. So you I don't know. know. It just seemed weird. Even, and, and I mean, I, I would imagine that Cat's uh, halls really are not that much to write home about, considering he was so impressed with a watch, you know, the, the watch and stuff. But again, you can go to legendsofgotham.com and click on the top and look at that Joker. And over the break, while you're doing your rewatches and everything, if you see any other Joker references, anything like that, that page is open to comments. Go ahead and throw them in there. And if we like them, we'll go ahead and throw them up in the main section too. Now, there were a couple little things I wanted to throw out here real quick before we get back into the main discussion. First of all, I over on the Gotham subreddit, which I'm active on, if you guys are over there and you see me over post over there say hi uh but uh, i i saw hi he means upvote something he posts (laughs) but uh the user uh lay symbol uh, i wrote a little uh treatise here a little uh, summary of kind of how the name lovecraft connects to arkham and uh, they say the name arkham comes from the hp lovecraft name for the city of arkham which is used in many of his books the city of arkham in lovecraft's books also contains an asylum named arkham asylum which Hmm. is often cited to be the response or to be responsible for the naming of Arkham Asylum in the comics. Arkham House is also the publishing company started by Lovecraft and a business partner. Uh, Also, uh, Gordon ending up at the Arkham Asylum after Lovecraft's death is kind of fitting, considering all that. But I thought that was really interesting, and thanks to Reddit user Lay Symbol. Thank you, Reddit user. Lay Symbol. Lay Symbol. And uh, one other thing I wanted to point out here that I thought was really fun. Uh, now, I saw um, Sean Pertwee and Jeff Johns retweet this out. But I guess uh, Anders Clark, uh, at Doc Durz, D-O-C-D-E-R-Z, tweeted this out a couple days ago. And we'll have a link to this in our show notes at legendsofgotham.com. But basically, uh, this is uh, the analytics, the number of applications uh, for uh, the National College of Butlering. Before 
Um, Gotham aired. Before Gotham aired and after Gotham aired. Now, since 1950, they've averaged about 1,000 applications per year or something like that based on this graph here. But then uh, the day uh, this week's episode, Lovecraft, aired, it went up to 10 million applications <laughs> for butlers. So. Everybody wants to be Alfred. Yeah. I Alfred, Alfred his, uh, who employs butlers anymore? I guess a lot more are going to start ha- having to because Alfred <laughs> – Kind of a renewed. This is what the job market's like. People, everybody's like, I'm just going to be a butler. (laughs) I need to save the rich people. Yes, save the rich people. Save save the the world. world. (laughs) Little Uh, heroes reference there. Okay, so I guess we'll get back to our main discussion if Uh, we must. But uh, something uh, that I thought I thought was kind of interesting and kind of I I think might be a bigger setting in the next half of the season Mm -hmm. was the flea. Right, uh, the uh, yes. the underground area where all the street kids lived. Uh, Selena referred to it as a, a mall for street kids. It reminded me a lot of the hub from Hunger Games, which you probably mm-hmm. don't remember because I believe we watched it and you fell asleep before yeah. the hub. <laughs> probably, yeah. yeah but it, it was really cool, kind of like this underground area. Did, was it just me, or did it look like it was the Gotham Police Department with different set dressing? Like the big police station set. Yeah, I'm aware of what the police station is. Mm. Um, No, it actually felt like a high school gymnasium with a lot of like smoke. Oh, I could definitely see that too. I just it it felt almost like it had like they had taken all the furniture out and hung up like a bunch of like old stuff and put some cartons around. Which they may have. Yeah, it's very very possible. And you know, if you're gonna have a a big set like that, it it would make sense to design it to where you can kind of fly everything out and put put some new stuff in. but I, I I really like the concept of it, and one of the, uh, the residents that I we should really talk about absolutely because uh, we've been waiting for it to come back uh, was Ivy Pepper. I uh, we we get a little another little peek at Poison Ivy in this episode. Crazy Poison Ivy. I twitch twitch twitch. Twitch, what are you talking about? Why twitch, are you telling me twitch. what to do? Why are you telling me what to do? Did, 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 did my mom slit her wrist? Twitch. Did uh, you my mom slit her wrist? No, but I, I really liked what we got of her. Uh, Claire Foley, I believe the actress's name is. I uh, believe did, so, yes. Did a really good job. I, a, a lot a lot more uh, – a much richer performance than we got in the pilot from her. She had something to do. But I wish we had gotten more. Like it was just like such a little taste and I, I, I was really hoping – I was really hoping this episode actually was going to be her big coming out as a villain in the series you know it's coming soon though if they're and they're probably hearing mm. that cat girl is scared of her yeah and just don't turn around she's scary <laughs> like she's like 12 but we we did get a couple uh good pieces of information about her in the, mm-hmm. this one uh mm-hmm. one like i joked around a minute before her mom killed herself pretty much immediately after mario pepper died right she's she been, got adopted yeah and then didn't promptly stick. ran away yeah mm-hmm. and uh she's also uh looks like she's probably going to be gunning for gordon mm-hmm. since he's the one who pulled the trigger on her dad because she that she's bullock looking, was was it Bullock? It was Bullock. Well, I guess you because know, her dad was going after Gore. Remember that mm-hmm. was the start of Bullock saving yes. Jim's life constantly. This is true until this is it very switched, true. <laughs> and now they just fight. Yeah. So okay. So I guess she'll be going after Bullock then, mm-hmm. or, or you know, I mean, she, I, I don't know if she parent. saw that or not. She might be going after both of them because they were both kind of implicated in the thought, press, right? Uh, concerning. Oh, what? Oh. oh, this fell off. Oh. Just don't want to. Have anyone see that on the stream? Okay, I uh, know, but uh, very cool. Uh, anything to add on Ivy Pepper? Um, no. What do you think of the costume? There wasn't. I don't. It, it's not sticking in my head, so it mm-hmm. must not have been very. Well, 
thrilling. <laughs> it, it stuck in my head in so much as I recognized it from the promo photos, and I, I believe it was the first time we saw that costume like on the actual show. Oh, uh, okay. So, well, that's because she was still like mm-hmm. a person, kind of. Yeah. In the other ones, I, I want to see her flirt with Bruce Wayne with the little eye twitch at some point. That would be fun. Yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So Fish is controlling all of the fences. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> this point is really bad. I'm just gonna read. Fish <laughs> controls all the fences. I feel like this should be important since there are nine other groups under Falcone. I don't. That's pretty much my main thought. Is mm. does nobody feel the need to take care of any of these people? Why is she the only one who cares? It's like she's building the arm. They have to know. Yeah. Why does everybody let fish do that? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would assume that you know it's like any corporation. There's a there's a uh, you know a murder manager, a knocking over trains manager, a f- manager of fences. You know, it, it's kind of you know there's Falcone at the top, and then he has his his mid level managers like right. Fish and the guy he killed in this week's episode. Oh, down in the spaghetti. Down in the spaghetti. So sad. Added, added a little extra sauce there. Oh. <laughs> but no, I, w- I would assume that's it. Although I, w- I do wonder if there's going to be any blowback for Fish because, uh, I mean, she she's a snitch now. Uh, she completely snitched out one of her, her underling fences to the cops. I, it seems like there sh- could be some blowback from that. Um, Yeah, mm-hmm. there could be. But, I mean, you got to sacrifice the little guy to get, mm-hmm. you know, just like we said, Alfred was winning her over and now they owe her. Yeah. It it just seems like something that maybe I well, I don't know someone who was there like say Bruno or someone could uh, use against Fish right. uh, in the next half season possible so uh, that that'll be definitely interesting to see uh, could be see here yeah, so okay well, so uh, Jim's uh, you know confronting and then being involved in the whole Lovecraft uh, murder slash fake suicide. I, now, I thought there would there would be more, especially considering they, they that was sort of the cliffhanger, him discovering the body with his yes. gun. I thought it was going to be a bigger deal, or I thought I thought it would be a deal. Or it wasn't. Sorry. And there there were some hints that uh, Jim was going to be uh, becoming a guard at Arkham over the next half season and stuff. So I was kind of expecting that, and I was thinking that was going to be what caused it. I, I mean, it did, it was eventually, yes but I no. thought it was going to be more directly because it was his gun. Right. He was going to get demoted or something. Right. And yeah. he was just not for exactly that reason. Yeah. It it it, it was uh, about a half step from from where I was expecting it to go. So I I thought that was weird, but then I, I started thinking about it. And, you know, this is Gotham City. Uh, a, a, a cop uh, being involved in a, a shooting, uh, yeah, they're probably not going to look in too closely. They're just going to be like, eh, sweep it under the rug. It's fine. No one's yeah, going to question Gordon. it. Yeah, but it's Gordon. They mm-hmm. still don't all like Gordon. Well, do you think so even after Harvey's speech a couple weeks ago where he kind of, you know – Blue line and all that. Yeah, I still don't think it's. Well, I'm saying if nothing else, that's probably why he was able to get away to get down there uh, to the warehouse uh, towards the end of the episode, even after all that stuff went down. Uh, Now, I'm wondering, like, as far as Harvey Dent uh, moving forward, if he's going to feel any remorse because it's his mistake that caused all of this to go down. He protested. Well, not not too hard. <laughs> well, uh, not not even just that, but the fact that he he's the one who ultimately leaked Selena's name and caused the entire chain of events to go right. down and kind of used her against Lovecraft. And he everything. basically killed Lovecraft. Yeah, yeah, and uh, almost killed Bruce Wayne and Selena. Right, and which... didn't really care that much about it when he heard about it either. <laughs> like, no. he was kind of nonplus. So I wonder if we're going to see any remorse from his good side, or if we're going to see him kind of lean into his bad side. 
Um, I don't know because we've gotten a pretty good mm. split so far. I think. Yeah. Um, well, it's nice not to see him freak out on people. Like <laughs> I kind of get the feeling with him though that they're going to be leaning into the two face thing sooner rather than later. Like I'm going to have to. I almost want to say that he might be becoming two face like next season. Like next season might be the two face season. Yeah, which I'd be completely I can okay see that with. Happening. Totally. Yeah, even if it was something where like they brought on the personality disorder first and then did the mm-hmm. like facial scarring later on or something. Yeah, I'd be completely down with that. And. Oh, go ahead. Nope, nope, nope. Go ahead. Oh, uh, yeah, I think I think I covered everything. <laughs> yeah, so no, you no, want to okay. talk a little bit about uh, Falcon well, and the yes, Penguin? Well, yes, Falcon and the Penguin. Okay, so Falcon bringing in the Penguin with a bag over his head, basically. Um, okay. So he really thought that it was Maroney? Mm-hmm. Like, that actually kind of surprises me because people died during this. These were people that are under you, Falcon. Yeah. Granted, the Russian's dead, so... He doesn't know who they're reporting to. They didn't just disappear. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. It just seems a little odd to me mm-hmm. that he didn't realize it was his guys that died. Yeah. See, I'm I'm still thinking, and uh, we you shared this really theory a couple weeks ago too. But I'm still thinking that Liza is secretly working, like double back, working for Falcone. Which me, which if you if you're thinking that, then that whole scene with him and Penguin takes on a completely different dimension. Mm-hmm. Because if that's the case, then he knows that Penguin's leaning on Liza mm-hmm. and making her snitch for him, and everyone's snitching for everybody. It snitches all the way down. It's so confusing. Uh, snitches uh, get stitches. Yeah, but I, I, I like I, I think if there's any weirdness with that, I, my based on my personal theories, I think it's because Falcone knows everything that's going on and he's playing people against each other. That's possible. I can totally see mm-hmm. that. Um, which sort of negates everything else. Oh no, go and ahead. I, no, I just said you know how he was like, you know, tell me how to find them all, and that he won't mm-hmm. believe anything against Fish because of their personal past, yeah. but asks him to bring him proof. What proof is he going to bring? Yeah, that that I kind of mm-hmm. questioned. And then Butch asking him, why didn't you just tell him that it was Liza? Mm. Or not Butch. Wasn't uh, it Butch? Who was that? Oh, what was that guy's name? I, I wrote it Gabriel, I think. Gabriel? Yeah. Well, what's Butch's first name? Butch? I thought Butch was his last Just like his... I don't, it's immaterial. <laughs> Gabriel. They all look the same. But he Sorry. was telling Gabriel. Um, You know, why he was asking why he didn't spill right away. And it's just like that they're each fish and penguin. <laughs> the animals are playing Falcone. <laughs> Basically, mm-hmm. there's a big, strange game of chess going on. Not that I understand chess, but we're going to go with that analogy. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're all trying to zap him for everything they can. But see, versus, you know, his words in the scene with Penguin, in that dinner scene yeah. uh, where he kills the guy, yeah. I got the distinct impression that Falcone was very suspicious of Fish. Oh, he and was. And that he was, he, was, he was throwing shade Fish's way, for you, sure. Throwing shade, that's like your phrase of the week. That's my fra- phrase of the year. Hmm, throwing shade. Bill makes it Waited until November to start throwing shade. <laughs> uh. <laughs> no, but I, yeah, it de- definitely, like, I, I think he was, he was almost baiting fish in a certain way. Oh, certain he absolutely way. was. He absolutely was, especially then with the two guys getting so mad that their tariffs were going up 25%. Mm-hmm. Like, that's not nothing. And that's she not just nothing. had to grin and bear it. She had to go, that's, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. We all were family. <laughs> <sighs> nice. Yeah, but it, it'll be interesting to see. And I, I mean, obviously, again, that's going to be something that's going to be playing out over the next half season, at least, if mm-hmm. not the entire series. Okay, uh, one last thing I wanted to uh, talk about here was just Wayne Manor. Like, I really liked, even though, you know, they quickly run away from it and everything, I, I really liked the way Wayne Manor played out in that that uh, cold open for the, sh- mm-hmm. for the episode. 
I first of all, I love the training scene. Yes. Uh, I, 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 in socks though. Yes. Why mm-hmm. is he climbing on there in socks? Well, I, I think it's in. This is a very Batman thing to do. Mm-hmm. I think he's preparing for the worst case scenario. Uh, you know, he, he's he's. And I use this analogy a lot, but he's running with ankle weight, so he mm-hmm. can take him off and go full speed when he needs to. Yeah, but he, from what we've learned, the dude just mm-hmm. needs to like start running some track. Yeah, <laughs> and maybe lifting a few weights. But you know, he's he's practicing in socks on a banister. So when he's standing on the edge of a building in boots, it's super easy because he can stand on socks on a banister. Yeah, didn't look it, too easy. Uh, yeah, he, he had a little difficulties, yeah. but he needs to work those core muscles a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Uh, but no, I really like that. And uh, I also really liked uh, – and this is something else that's completely Batman to do. He, he Because Cat keeps bringing up the kiss so much, he doesn't think, oh, it's because she wants to kiss me. He thinks, oh, she wants something from me or she has mm-hmm. some ulterior motive. Batman it, classically never trust anybody, especially people that he should. Right. Like, there, there's a uh, in the comics. There, there's a whole uh, storyline call, called the uh, Tower of Babel, where it comes out that Batman has come up with a way to take down every member of the Justice League without telling them, and it has like a big spy satellite called Brother Eye to help him in wow. this goal. Uh, so yeah, uh, Batman's uh, distrust of people he should trust yeah. is very well known. Crazy. And I also really liked uh, you know after. Copperhead, which is a comic book villain, by the way, we should probably mention. Who? Uh, Copperhead, the the assassin oh. who smeared the blood on her face and all that. She's scary. Uh, but in the comics, it's a guy in a snake suit who's a contortionist. But you kind of saw that a little bit of that in this episode okay. with her like winding her legs around Jim and all that. Yeah. Uh, but I really liked after she uh, came into the the manor that uh, we got to see more of the interior, like the servants' uh, hallway and the other side of the yes, house and everything. Because cool. uh, up until now, we've really only just seen uh, that study that they're always in. Well, that's because that's, like, the only place he ever is. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. But, you know, it was cool to see that, yeah, it's an old house with a lot of secret passageways and stuff. And mm-hmm. maybe maybe if they'd had the clock, they would have got away a little easier, you know. Yeah, really. Go down to the back cave or whatever. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. Um, do oh, you, you want to do, do some? So, yeah. Some, I don't uh, have too much. Some reading off. Screw you, Bruce! orphan, was a favorite line. Bruce! No! Shut up! We need to find Master Bruce! <laughs> Uh, I, I I like the cat cat girl said that uh, Bruce had a nice way about him. Yeah. A, a lot of nice there, nice girl, yes. nice way about him. Yes, um, Alfred paying off the street kid two hundred bucks just for some information. The exact line from Alfred was in eloquent gaze, Miss Mooney. Oh, I also really liked when Alfred found Bruce at the end, and he says, "Fancy seeing you here." You can tell that Bruce is just holding back, like he wants to smile, but he doesn't want to appear weak. And the who employs butlers anymore? Of course, was a good line. Bruce distracting the killer or the contract killer while Selena is able to escape through the window. So that was pretty cool because he delayed, delayed, delayed. She's gone. Not lying. She's out the window. Very true. Um, two scapegoats look like panic. One of you is going down. Butler, mate. I'm a butler. What's the exact line on that? Uh, your security still sucks. <laughs> um, I, I like that Penguin's hair looked like he hadn't washed it in about three weeks. That was fun. The house seems quiet without her. Yes. I think true. even Alfred misses her. Okay, let's see here. Arbitrary okay. scale. Oh, God. Out of 13 oh. gutted gardeners. <gasps> oh! Oh, he wasn't gutted. Oh, I'm knocking over my own. He owl. was almost gutted. How he many? How open. many gutted gardeners would you give this episode? 
13? 13 gutted gardeners. Uh, 12? Wait, no. 13. I was thinking 11. 11. 11. Why? 11 gutted gardeners. Um, uh, lots of good things. Lots more questions. Don't want to wait a month and a half or two months or whatever to <laughs> get answers. Mm-hmm. Um, want more Ivy Pepper. Want more Ivy Pepper. Want more Ed. Yes. That seems so sad. Oh, that this was episode. a nice hug. Yeah, it was nice. It's like, well, Gordon's who could his I only write? Gordon's his only friend. He's the only one in the in the whole department who has not been mean to him. He hasn't right. even been nice to him. He's just not been mean to him. Right. So you can tell Ed thinks he's like the best friend ever. Yeah. So there's that. That's for poor Ed. And uh, as for me, I think and, and check in the chat room see if anyone said anything. Uh, but uh, as for me, I think I'm going to give it a twelve. I thought it was a really solid episode. I loved Alfred. I loved everything about Alfred. I loved the, you know, the first bat cat adventure out in the city. Mm-hmm. Really good stuff. If anything, I thought that the ending fell a little flat for me because I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, Jim getting demoted is a big deal. But I was, especially from the marketing and stuff, mm-hmm. I was expecting a much bigger, like a character death or something yeah. like that. Um, to well, there was a death. It was the gardener, um, Rebecca- and, and that guy in the thing. <laughs> The guy in the thing. The din- at the dinner. Oh, yeah. And Lovecraft. Mm-hmm. Baby Lovecraft. Rebecca Johnson gives it 12 and a half gutted gardeners. Excellent. Excellent. And we're going to hear from her in a couple minutes. We are. To- okay. Looping in my head. <laughs> okay. Uh, before we do, though, uh, we're going to take a minute uh, to talk a little bit about uh, my new book. <laughs> um, that we're going to talk this week. about Bill's book. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, normally we talk about Audible, which you can still go to audibletrial.com slash Gotham to get a free audio book. Get that in there, too. Uh, and they- there's a lot of dog boy books up there uh, but i came out with a new dog boy adventure this week called eye of the scarab it's out now uh you can get it at bit.ly slash eye of the scarab i actually sat down today i uh, just turned flipped on the webcam and i read the first chapter in a youtube video i'm also going to be including that audio at the end of this episode after mm-hmm. the music and everything but amory why don't you go ahead and uh, give people the description and uh then uh we'll oh, thanks, move on <laughs> Called the city is a timeless old town, but time is catching up to it. Old friends and old enemies close in around Bronson Black, and an impossible choice hangs over him. As the modern world bleeds through, Dogboy considers the past. His decision could spell the end of his crime-fighting career, but maybe that's a good thing. But yeah, it's uh, Dogboy Eye of the Scarab. You can go to bit.ly slash Eye of the Scarab, and uh, you can pick up episode one right now, and you can pre-order episode two, which... Uh, Includes a group of teenage superheroes called the Cult of City Shadows yes. uh, battling uh, other uh, superpowered teenage uh, teenagers uh, in <laughs> teen, teen teenagers in a giant arena called Freaktown. Uh, it, so it's a lot of fun. Bit.ly slash Eye of the Scarab and stay tuned after the podcast for uh, the first chapter. And now on, on to, to the news. News. Okay, first up, the ratings, and uh, Gotham held steady this week uh, with its fall finale, 6.1 million viewers, along with a 2.3 share. So, holding steady. Holding steady. Still, like, the best... Uh, Thing on Fox that's not reality. It, well, one of the best new shows of the season. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> yeah. Uh, this isn't very relevant, but... Uh, Constantine uh, got his oh. episode order cut short this week. Oh. Like they just stopped production on the series, which is another DC property, right? Uh, but yeah, they they stopped it at thirteen, and the future is uncertain for that. So the future is certain. If, they're, cut, if they're cutting your mm-hmm. series, 
you're done for. Yeah, I, I'm really glad that we didn't decide to do a Constantine podcast. <laughs> you, you'd have had a harder time convincing me of that. Mm-hmm. I, yeah. I can be convinced of Batman's I, I probably would have had a harder time convincing me of that, too. <laughs> uh, just because uh, this show's so much more fun. So awesome. Uh, but uh, let's see here. And you can find uh, links to all these stories in our show notes at uh, legendsofgotham.com. Uh, they did put out a little season 1B promo. Uh, we don't show the or play these on the stream mm-hmm. or in the episode, but we'll describe it to you as we watch it so let's watch it okay this january 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 5th uh there's leslie Tompkins for real this time gordon gets a new costume arkham oh Oh, and then uh looks like cats breaking into uh barbara's apartment so that's interesting and uh uh, some new uh stuff with fish a new mob boss relationship looks like bruno might be turning on her see i knew bruno was turning yeah you knew it was gonna happen yep the penguin the wants to be penguin. Re- yeah wants to be referred to as the penguin and again. And the crazies are breaking out. Yep, and I'm pretty sure I saw a person in Arkham Asylum with a top hat on, which could imply the Mad Hatter, which gets me really, really excited. I love the Mad Hatter. He's one of my favorite Batman. Villains. I was gonna say, did you see already see somebody for our Joker? Oh, oh what was that? I don't oh, know. for there look was at this all the Joker. Crazies, but look at this Joker. <laughs> uh, no, but uh, a good, good uh, season one B promo, and you can get uh, the link to that at legendsofgotham.com as well as everything else we've talked about tonight. Okay, uh, now True we're going to do some uh, listener feedback. As we mentioned at the top of the episode, we'd love to get uh, your impressions of the half season as a whole. Uh, <laughs> we would love your impressions of the half season, half season as a whole, as a whole uh, to talk about on our spoiler party. Or if there's enough feedback, we could do a whole listener <laughs> feedback episode. We've been known to do that. Uh, but uh, just send an email to legendsofgotham at gmail.com. Tweet us at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. And we'll start with Bobby. Take it away. Bobby. Hey, Bill and Amory, it's Bobby. Uh, I like how they chose to take the focus off of Gordon this week and focus more on Bruce and Alfred. Uh, We've always gotten that little minute or two segment of of them in almost every episode, but it was really cool to see uh, Alfred get to showcase some of the skills we all know he has and and to see Bruce spending some time on the streets of Gotham. And and spending some more time with Selena because I really feel like they're they're doing a really good job of sowing the seeds of what we all know will become uh, Batman and Catwoman. Uh, the Batcat. the writers are doing a good job of writing that relationship, and the characters are doing or the actors rather are doing a really good job of portraying the relationship between those characters. Mm-hmm. Bobby, I hate to interrupt you. Oh, what is the shipping name for Fish and Alfred? <laughs> Alfred. Alfred. Uh. Fishworth? Alish? Fishworth? No. It's Mooneyworth? No. Mooneyworth? No. That's not the way it works. Uh, it has to be the first of one and the last of the other. Mm, Falfred? That's what I said. Falfred? I don't like um, it, though. Ayish? We'll, we'll keep going. Take <laughs> Go ahead, Bobby. Um, it's interesting what's going on with uh, the mayor assigning Gordon to be an, a security guard at Arkham. Pish. Pennyworth and Fish. Asylum. We all know it's probably only going to last for an episode or two, but it'll be kind of cool to see that play out. Uh, I really liked that there was no Barbara Gor- Barbary- Barbara <laughs> <laughs> at all during this episode. Um, please, more episodes with no Barbara. And 
uh, there really wasn't too much I didn't like about this episode. A really good episode. The only thing that brings it down a few pegs for me is I feel like it lacked the umph that uh, a fall finale should have or what they're calling a fall okay. finale. Um, Agreed. It's not like I'm sitting here waiting with bated breath for you know January for a month to roll around for new episodes to come. See, but I, I still, you know, did enjoy this episode as a whole. Just wish that there was, you know, a bigger cliffhanger, I guess. Uh, yeah, I am too in the sense that I like the show and I want it to come back, but it's not because of the end of this episode. Okay, I'll give it uh, that. That being said, can't wait to hear what you guys think. Uh, oh, um, was it just me or at the whole Falcone dinner did Fish Mooney look like she was dressed up as a woodpecker? <laughs> She did. She did. She had the red feathers on her. She's always wearing something crazy. (laughs) (laughs) Don, take it away. Oh my! Hey, this is Don Song from Twitter. Just wanted to go on saying Gotham has not disappointed me since the pilot episode. A big shout out to the entire cast. Want to thank them for being such an influence to me since my dream is to become an actor. And I hope that I get a chance to work with them on a season at least once. Just wanted to make that shout out and hope you guys have a happy Thanksgiving and a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year as well. Keep it up, Gotham. You're doing great. Thank you very much, Don. And yeah, happy, happy all of those holidays. Happy holidays. Yay. Okay. Our last voicemails uh, from Rebecca. Take it away, Rebecca, uh, who we were just talking to in the chat room. Yes. Hey, it's Rebecca Johnson, and I'm calling about the Lovecraft episode of Gotham. I gotta say, Gotham started off really shaky for me, but I'm loving the chance to get to see Bruce Wayne in his first fight with Gotham criminals and how he learns to run around on rooftops. I also really liked the callback about fear towards the end of this episode. The mayor told Gordon he doesn't know where the edge is, and it made me think about how Gordon told Bruce that fear tells you where the edge is. Does Jim not have any fear at this point? Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Looking forward to your thoughts and the return of more Gotham in January. Yeah, actually, that line, fear tells you where the edge is, that's actually our Twitter bio. (laughs) (laughs) It's like a Gotham podcast, Fear Tells You Where the Edge Is, because it was in, uh, I think, the Legend Reborn special. Uh Uh-huh. But, uh, no, that's a a good question. Like, I think, uh, you know, a man who has nothing to fear is is a very dangerous man, Mm -hmm. uh, especially to those in power. So. I, I, I think I think yes, Jim's lost most of his fear. Mm-hmm. Well, and he's, that's at probably this point, he's lost. Um, not Rebecca. Barbara. Barbara. <laughs> yeah, he he's he's lost anything he needs to protect besides the city. Right. You know he he, do, he doesn't have he doesn't have any weak points anymore, Mm-mm. which is pretty cool. Yep. Okay, and uh, let's see here. We have a couple tweets here to finish this out. I uh, you know uh, that came into us after the episode aired. Uh, first up, Beguile Me says uh, they've really turned a, a corner with this great ep. Uh, this is the right tone for the show, and they need to keep this up. Uh, Beguile Me also, which is Eliza, I are, believe. Are you reading these backwards, by the way? Oh, no, I'm not. It's hey. fun. Uh, but uh, it, she also mentioned that, uh, uh, that on the IMDb, they had some child actors listed as the Scarecrow. And uh, I, I believe uh, another character uh, or a patient in Arkham Asylum. And uh, I don't know if you can really trust that, though, because IMDb, anyone can edit it if they ha- have an IMDb Pro account. Sure. But it would be interesting to see if they had, like, children inmates in Arkham, for sure. Maybe. That's possible. I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it, it's just a place for crazy people. It so, I mean, well, it's a place for crazy, crazy criminals. Mm-hmm. It was criminals, though. Yeah, I guess because they're all coming down from Blackgate, right? Yeah. yeah so. so I don't know. 
Could be interesting. Could and be. Uh, we do know that uh, the Scarecrow is supposed to be – or the Jonathan Jonathan Crane is supposed to be a kid. Uh, so Interesting. And uh, finally – The kid actors are doing really good at the oh, show. Oh, yeah. Like they're, they're all amazing. Like uh, th- this show has some of the best kid actors I've ever seen on any show. Even sure. just the random street kids mm-hmm. are good. Yeah. And uh, let's see. Uh, finally, Gotham Wiki, at Gotham Wiki said, uh, great first half of the season. Really shocked how good it was. And the cast is spectacular also. And uh, thank you, Gotham Wiki. I'm sure we'll be using you as a reference as we forget more and more things that have happened in the series. I was reading that as the second part of Eliza's because you deleted the other picture oh, okay. that you were reading from. Yeah. My they, confusion. My apologies. They, the tweets were a little weird in the documents. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but again, uh, we'd love your thoughts on the half season as a whole. Uh, you can email us legendsofgotham at gmail.com. The Twitter's at Legends of Gotham. The Facebook is facebook.com slash Legends of Gotham. And the voicemail number is 424-274-2352. Again, that's 424-274-2352. Uh, now, Amory, where can people find you online in this our dark... Dark period. Dark period. Dark um, dark night you, of oh. no shows. Wow. That was bad. <laughs> that was really bad. We're just going to ignore that. You can find me on Twitter at amdsimone or at cchc blog where I blog about food and crafts and the disgusting amount of caffeine that I drink, which is crunchycrafty.com. Excellent. And as for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Bill Meeks. The Google Plus is google.com slash plus Bill Meeks. And uh, you can follow uh, all my writings and everything at dogboyadventures.com. And make sure to stay tuned after the episode for the first chapter read by me into a webcam, but you won't be able to see it. Uh, <laughs> no, but I, this is going to be – this will probably be our longest break since it August. Is. It's going to be weird not doing the Gotham show. It is going to be weird not doing weeks. the Gotham show and soon not doing mm-hmm. the other one too. <laughs> but uh, we're definitely going to have uh, one round table with podcasters uh, that we're, we're already setting up. We might have two just because there's so many Gotham podcasters now. We'll figure there it out. I, yeah. and, uh, I, I was thinking about maybe having one with listeners. We'll see what happens. I like it. Uh, I do too. Uh, so you know, stay tuned to our Twitters and everything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Uh, we'll keep you guys abreast of any uh, new developments. And we'll be back uh, January 5th-ish. Fifth-ish? So seventh-ish? Yeah, so seventh-ish for new episodes of Legends of Gotham. Cool. Uh, So until next time. Or no, No, that's not how we do it. You do that every week. It should just be. Can we just do until next time we're something from Gotham? I don't know. Join us next year Year. for more Gotham. Legends of Gotham. I don't know what's going on. I need a Christmas cookie. I'm Bill Meeks, and I wrote Dog Boy, Eye of the Scarab. It's uh, the fourth uh, chapter of the Dog Boy Adventures series, and I thought it's kind of a fun way to promote it. Usually I do a trailer or something. I thought, you know, why don't I just sit down and I'll read the first chapter and throw it up on my YouTube channel. This is episode one. I We're releasing it in three episodes. You can find the first one at bit.ly slash Eye of the Scarab if you like what you hear. Dog Boy, Eye of the Scarab by Bill Meeks. Episode one. The Eye Sees All. July 27th, 2005. Outside City Hall, 4 p.m. No more leash laws, a student shouted up City Hall's steps. He swung a protest sign over his head. 
Good Dogs Roam Free, written in black marker. Superheroes aren't the villains, yelled a woman passing out bottled water to the assembled crowd. Several policemen stood blocking the doors, brandishing armored shields with the letters CCPD stenciled along the front. The protesters milled around on the sidewalk, brandishing placards with catchy slogans and hand-drawn dog boy sketches. A blue tarp covered the area above the door, two lumps on either side. Stand back, citizens, said a cop through his bullhorn. Please remain within the free speech zone or else we'll take it as an act of aggression. Bronson Black, a 14-year-old who, in his spare time, patrolled the streets as dog boy, happened upon the protest rally while wrapping up a date with his girlfriend, Cindy McNeil. See, who says we have to fight City Hall, Bronson said. Looks like there's a whole slew of people doing that already. Yeah, but why are they doing it? Cindy said. She tapped a protester on the shoulder. Excuse me, can you tell me what's going on here? We're protesting the mayor's crusade against helpful vigilantes like Dog Boy, the man said. This manhunt is the height of hypocrisy. The only reason we need people like him is because the police are already so ineffective. Even a kid can do better. A few people cheered across the way. The other protesters followed suit, although they didn't sound like they knew what they were cheering about. Dog Boy's pretty great, isn't he? Bronson said. Are you kidding? You're talking to his number one fan. I've seen every piece of fi film out there on him. Twice. What a hero. Don't spread it around, but I heard he has some weird new power, said the man. What sort of power? Bronson asked. The man looked around to make sure nobody was listening, then leaned in close enough for Bronson to smell his stale breath. Okay, are you ready? Teleportation. One minute he's fighting in front of you, then you blink and he's 20 yards away. Are you kidding me? Bronson scoffed, letting a little chuckle escape. Teleport? No, he's freezing time. He stopped himself when he noticed the man's eyes narrow. But what do I know about superheroes anyway? Thanks, mister. Bronson, come on, we've got to go, Cindy said. She pulled two ticket stubs from her back pocket. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Roxy Cinema. She took Bronson's hand, leading him away from the crowd. Quit being so obvious, you egomaniac. You know a, a secret identity depends on you keeping it a secret, right? We already used those tickets. You didn't have to lie to that guy. He seemed nice, Bronson said. You're right, though. I should be more careful. Besides, we're on a date. From this point on, I'm not dog boy at all. Just your friendly neighborhood boyfriend. So did you like the movie? Cindy asked. What a freaking roller coaster. I love the crazy music and the guy they had playing the Oompa Loompas was hilarious. What did you think? It was fine, but not nearly as good as the old one. Me and Dad used to watch it when Mom was working. The guy playing Wonka is super creepy. Never seen it. I can't even look at you anymore. Where's your mask? Here. Cindy peeled off the baseball cap and put it over Bronson's face. He swatted it away. I swear it's a classic. Man, your parents kept you on a pretty tight leash, didn't they? Stand back, please, the ca police captain said, pushing the crowd back with his shield. Mayor Lane's coming out to talk to you freaks. The front door swung open. Mayor Lane stepped out. His suit fit him like a lizard's skin, sagging in the joints but tight around the limbs. He skittered down the steps, waving to the crowd as he approached the lectern. Citizens, first we want to thank you for exercising your rights to protest here today. What fool would deny we live in a functioning democracy? 
In a less free society, we'd take you next door and throw you in a cell. Or worse. Why don't you worry about the real crooks? A ten-year-old is doing a better job than you guys at cleaning up the streets. Yelled a voice in the crowd. He's 14, Bronson shouted. Sir, our police are tasked with maintaining law and order. If we allow this child to run around deciding innocence or guilt, that's not justice. Just because he fights crooks doesn't make him a hero. He's no better than them. Tell it to the people he saved in Dixon Park, Cindy yelled, the crowd cheering for her. Bronson poked her with his elbow. Now who's being too obvious? Irregardless, be quiet, Marilyn shouted over the crowd. He's breaking the law. Our decorated police force, the best in the state, have been unable to capture this vigilante. If we can't catch him, we must watch him. We don't want him throwing anyone else off rooftops after all. I give you the new eyes of Colta City. Two officers pull down the tarp above the door revealing a printed sign, Project Dolan. Two security cameras were mounted on either side. They panned across the crowd as the live video stream played on the massive digital billboard mounted on the building. Project Dolan, or Dog Boy Observation Location Analysis Network, will allow us to track Dog Boy anywhere in the city. The cameras are remote controlled by a trained team of technicians from right here in City Hall. We can capture up to 12 terabytes of digital footage an hour. The data will be stored in our Stonehouse Park data centers, which can hold up to 5 exabytes. We can store and review up to 50 years worth of footage. With access to this much data, Dogboy won't be able to hide for long. He gestured to the building across the street where they'd mounted two more cameras. We've already installed over 300 eyes across the city. There's no corner we can't see, no place Dogboy can hide. You a pervert or something, buddy? A man shouted. I don't want you watching me all the time. Mayor Lane chuckled. Sir, I'm not sure what boring things you get up to in your intimate moments, but believe me, we have no interest in watching them. This system tracks Dog Boy, or any other copycat vigilantes who might appear. Normal citizens with nothing to hide have nothing to fear from Project Dolan. The mayor's stylish young assistant, Chester, burst out the doors. He put a note card down on the lectern as he whispered in the mayor's ear. The mayor picked up the card and read it over, then looked back to the crowd. I'm sorry, folks. I know your protest permits are all in line, but we'll need you to exit the area in an orderly manner. There's a fire at the orphanage down the street, and emergency personnel need you to clear. There are still children in the building. The police will inform you when you can resume your little protest. To a brighter future for Colta City. The orphanage, Bronson said. I know this was supposed to be a date and everything, but... Go save some kids, Cindy said, tapping his backpack, which held his mask and cape. See you at the shop around five? What's around five? Bronson asked. Um, you asked me to go with you and Mr. Horham to clear out your dad's old storage unit? Oh, yeah, sure, I gotta go. Cindy leaned over and gave him a quick peck. Be careful, sounds like being dog boy is going to be more dangerous than ever with this Project Dolan thing. Bronson took off, ducking into an alley a block away. He flew into the air, landing on the building next to the orphanage. Smoke poured out of the windows. Children's screams cut through the cra cracking sound of burning wood. He unzipped his backpack, digging out his costume. A soft mechanical whirring started to his right. A Project Dolan camera rotated toward him. He sighed and closed his eyes.
When he opened them again, the color in the world was gone. The pigeons flying above him hung in the air, their wings stuck mid-flap. He ran over to the camera, then wrapped his hands around the camera body. He focused his magical energies into the device until it melted into a pile of goo. The air in his lungs ran out. He jerked back. A quick thought made time start up again. The colors came back, and the birds flew out across the rooftops. Dogboy finished shooting up, then bolted across the roof to assess the situation at the orphanage. Two children called to him for help from a window three floors down. As he drifted into the air, he heard the soft whir from another camera. He looked into the camera lens. I don't know if these things do audio or not, but I'm warning you right now. If you think you can watch me every second, you're nuts. I'm going to break every camera I see, and if you don't back off, you're next. I'm not scared of you, or your police, or your fancy spy gear. He shot an orange beam at the camera, knocking it off its stand. The lens shattered on the black roof. Dogboy flew down to the orphanage window. Don't worry, kids. Dogboy's here, he said. He grabbed the boys, then deposited them in the alley below, right back into the air. A teenage girl clawed at the closed fourth-story window. Her thick, feathered hair reminded Dogboy of a moth's wings. He motioned for her to step back. She jerked her head back and forth, screaming like a siren. She hammered her head into the window, again and again and again and again until it smashed the glass. Oxygen got sucked through and fed the flames. She cackled as they engulfed her. Dogboy pawed through the broken glass. He caught her arm, but it crumbled into gray ash as he touched it. He felt like he was going to hurl. A cry from the window above him. No time to freeze. No chance for regret. Up to the window, down to the ground, then several more times until the other children were safe. Heroic deeds done and feats finished, Dogboy flew around the city on patrol, careful to note where the mayor's cameras were installed. He let his mind drift to the girl he couldn't save. Why put her head through the glass? Why was she laughing? How did she burn so fast? It felt unnatural. Supernatural? He had suspicions, but if he was right, then he couldn't speak them out loud. He put it out of his mind as he headed toward 523 South 4th Street. It was almost time to leave for his father's storage unit, and he certainly didn't want to keep Mr. Horam waiting. But yeah, you can find the book at bit.ly slash eyeofthescarab. I hope you enjoy it. We didn't even get to the scarab yet. And in episode two, there's a huge superpower teenage superhero arena thing. It's awesome. I liked writing it. I hope you like reading it. Uh, so yeah, bit.ly slash eyeofthescarab or dogboyadventures.com for more information. Uh, you can get all the books there, audiobooks on Audible, everything. Thanks. Bye.